everybody welcome in to the utopia football podcast we are recording just hours after the texans lose in heartbreaking fashion to the dallas cowboys 27 to 23 you are probably getting this on a monday morning so we appreciate you downloading and subscribing to this podcast the texans fall to 1 11 and 1 on the season today uh, earlier today against the dallas cowboys i'm sean pendergast one half of pain and pendergast mornings on sports radio 610 joined as always by my good friend the hall of famer our senior Texans columnist at SportsRadio610.com and GalleriesSports.com, John McClain. And John, um, the game, uh, this one looked different, obviously, you know, on the field than last week's game against Cleveland in many ways, um, which we'll get to. But I think the overall theme of this game, to me, is a similar one to last week, which is there are not that many games on the schedule for a Texan fan at this time of year where Texan fans are rooting really hard for the Texans to win. I think a lot of Texan fans are rooting to get the number one pick in the draft. Last week was one of them, though, Cleveland. And it was a huge missed opportunity that the Texans could have easily won that game if they didn't make a bunch of mistakes, both coaching and playing. I think different mistakes this week, but I think a lot of the same culprits – um, this one, you know, they, they had a, they had an, a, 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 about a 90% chance to win this game. I think when Traymond Smith returned that interception to the five yard line in the fourth quarter and poor play calling does the Texans in again, in a goal to go situation. And again, a huge missed opportunity for the fans to feel good about this football team. I, uh, thought I never thought they were going to win the game until Smith got that second interception, Sean. And I'm like, Oh my God. Jerry Jones might fire Mike McCarthy on the spot, trying to hire Sean Payton. But it was um, – I don't think Lovey Smith and Pepe Hamilton and Frank Ross could have done a better job collectively. I thought Pep did a good job uh, with his two quarterbacks. And at the end, though, when he didn't have Damian Pierce and he gave the ball two times – for Rex bleaking, bleeping Burkett for two losses. And I just, I didn't understand it. You know, throw the ball, let Driscoll run every play. Don't give it to Burkett. Golly. Now, and still, I picked the game be 42 13. So I was in shock. And I'm sure you and everybody else are too. Yeah. Yeah. John, that's how I feel about it too. I thought for 55 minutes, I thought they did a tremendous job. You know, they, they were obviously by far the lesser talented of the two teams, we knew they were going to need turnovers to hang in this game. So it's not like, it's not like I'd be grudging. We go, well, they did turn, you know, they got three turnovers and you know, some of that was them causing those turnovers. So, um, so I'm with you. And, and I think, and, and I thought I haven't given Pep much praise this year, but I, in my winners and losers column that I do for the Houston press, I have one of the winners, Pep Hamilton for the first 55 minutes. And one of the losers, I have Pep Hamilton for the final five minutes. You know, I, I agree with you 100%. I just don't understand the fascination with Burkhead. Um, they should have had Driscoll roll and run or throw. I don't care anything. But given Burkhead two plays the last four, both losses, it just was so unnecessary. But this is what was weird about it, John, was that, um, that. They've gone away from Burkhead for the last – I know part of it he was concussed. 
but they've they've largely seemed to have incorporated Dario Gumbawale as their second string running back over the last month or so. Like he's been the one, even when Burkhead's been active, Dari Gumbawale has been getting touches and no Damian Pierce. So Rex Burkhead all of a sudden like leaps over Dario Gumbawale. And that's they've been giving Dario Gumbawale the, the ball down near the goal line at times. Um it was just, yeah, it's so frustrating. Like there, I, I feel like there's there's two people on the face of the earth that see Rex Burkhead through a different prism than everybody else. Unfortunately, those two people are the ones making decisions for the Texans on Sundays. Yeah, Lovey Smith, but he he acquiesces to Pep, and then Pep makes the calls like that, and it was just unbelievable. I just yeah. still can't believe that they had a chance to win. You know, I would have kicked the field goal, make go the distance, score a touchdown to win the game. But I think they can feel good about themselves, even though they lost another game and sure scared the hell out of the Cowboys. They did. They did. John, I disagree with you on that. I like the decision to go for it on fourth down because if you score there, the game's over. Like, you you know, you, you, can, you can end the game on that play. As it was, the Cowboys went and scored a touchdown anyways. You know, like I – so um, I always felt like if the Cowboys got the ball and they started – you know, they started driving, you know, that they it was going to end up being a seven if they got if, if they got some momentum going down there. But it doesn't matter now. Uh, the Texans lose 27 to uh, to 23 to the Cowboys. All right, John, let's do some four stock up and four stock down to dig into this game uh, a little bit further here. And you always start off with these. So I will uh, I will give you the honors again, my friend. What is your first stock up for this game? I like what they did with Jeff Driscoll. You know, Jeff Driscoll came in, he threw a few passes. He ran seven carries, 36 yards. He had a great touchdown pass. I wish we'd see him more. Davis Mills played pretty well, too. But uh, I I would start with Driscoll. I think he ain't got a lot of credit this year, and he didn't deserve it. But I thought he played as well as he could play in this game. Yeah. Do you think this is what they'll use going forward, John? Do you think, or was this just to empty the, you know, empty the chamber, throw the kitchen, everything but the kitchen sink at the Dallas Cowboys game plan? Well, he got the Kansas City Chiefs next, so they better throw another sink at them. And uh, that's going to be very difficult, of course. And, you know, let's be honest, the Cowboys – they're bored. They got the Jaguars next week. Jaguars beat the Titans, beat the hell out of them. So that'll get Mike McCarthy and his players' attention. But uh, I'm still surprised that the Texans, they were the most physical on defense this season. The DBs, the linebackers, and the guys up front, and they they made the Cowboys take some whoopings. They did, and that leads into my first stock up. We had him on the post game again, John, second week in a row because he followed up his 16-tackle performance with an interception last week with 12 tackles, two pass breakups, and a bunch of dead bodies on the field from the hits he was laying out there, and that was Jalen Petrie. I am – you know my feeling on this season, John. I'm not judging this season by number of wins. I'm judging this by number of pieces they have moving forward to feel good about for the future of this team. And ever since they moved him to free safety, and I'll give Lovey Smith credit, they, you know, he's he's mentioned that, the move – from Jalen Jalen Petrie, who spent, as you know, from having watched every snap of his collegiate career, a lot of time near the line of scrimmage, and he was doing a lot of that early in the season for the Texans. They've got him playing more of a center field role uh, now with the Texans, and um, he has been a terror back there the last few weeks on opposing wide receivers with the hits he's been laying out out there. So I'm loving seeing that. I'm loving seeing young young players progressing, and Jalen Petrie. 
I was never super concerned when he was having all those tackling issues, John, just because, as you know, he's a hard worker, a smart dude, and a very, very good athlete. So uh, I'm, I'm very excited about the trajectory of Jalen Petrie right now. Yeah, fans should be really pumped about him. Be nice if they get Stingley back from his hamstring injury. What's he missed? Four games in a row? Four now, yeah. Four and Draymond Smith intercepted two passes. They did really well. The backups. Desmond King had two tackles for loss. I thought that uh, the secondary couldn't have played better. They played the run well. And uh, if I had, I'm going to take one because he laid a hard hit out. Christian Harris, another rookie, outside linebacker, he just beat up somebody awful. He left later and came back. I like the kind of game that he had. Yeah, he's so that's your second one, John, Christian Harris? Yep. Yeah, yes, it but, is. Yeah, he uh, – I was – there was the one play. It ended up being the play that they threw the pick to Traymond Smith on. But, um, boy, he was he, – he almost – he had a chance to shut down a Cowboys – drive with a potential tfl on a third i think it was a third and short situation um and he didn't and i was like oh i told i turned to clint sterner and i said put a pin in that one right there because the texans almost had a chance to get off the field there turns out it worked out even better because they forced the fumble on on dak prescott and then uh that later in that drive was when he threw the interception to uh to Traymond smith so all's well that ends well or uh, well it didn't end well but you know on that drive it did for the texans it ended um, better What's that? It ended better than it has been ending. That's true. That's true. Um, my last one for stock up, Chris Moore, who I jokingly over the weekend when it was announced that Nico Collins and Brandon Cooks didn't make the trip to um, to uh, Dallas, to Arlington, um, I jokingly retweeted that news, and I said in all caps, Chris Moore, fantasy sleeper. Because who would draft anybody or pick up anybody off the Texans other than Damian Pierce to be in their fantasy league? Well, if you took me seriously with that tweet, which a few people did because they replied and they were like, this was great advice, Sean. And I'm like, oh, God, <laughs> he had 10 catches for 124 yards today and he made some nice plays out there. So uh, good for Chris Moore, 10 catches, 124 yards. You know, John, it's really interesting. They've played the Texans in recent weeks. They're two best halves of football certainly best first halves of football with no Nico Collins and no Brandon cooks. Every other game, the first half has been a disaster since really since about, I don't want to go back as far as the bye week. Well, almost the bye week. I mean, who did they play? They played the Titans in week eight. That was their first really, really bad game offensively in the first half of a football game. Um, the Eagles game, they scored 14 points in the first half. This game, they scored 20 points in the first half. Those are the two games with no Nico Collins and no Brandon Cooks. I'm not saying that to say, uh, you know, get rid of those. Well, Cooks will be gone anyways after the season. Um, I just find it interesting that they've been able to move the football the best against two pretty good defenses and two pretty good football teams in Philly and Dallas with those guys out. Absolutely. Mari Rogers, they claimed him after he got cut by the – Packers, because he fumbled too much on punt returns. He had four catches, 57 yards, a touchdown. Boy, Moore had that great one-handed catch along the sideline. I'm glad mm -hmm. they didn't take it away, because I don't know how you, they're talking about, oh, that's definitely one to overturn. I certainly didn't see that. Mm -mm. All right, let's do the stock downs, John. Who's your first stock down? Pep Hamilton, because they had the ball on the, what, five-yard line. And they had a chance to put the ball away, and they ended up on the one. Two handoffs to 
Rex Bleeping Burkhead. And um, I thought Pep did a, it was his best game. And then that reminded me last week against Cleveland. Was it Cleveland first down on the river four? And they didn't get anything. But yeah, man, oh man, it's just terrible. Yeah, brutal. Well, I'll I'll add to that, John. I'll I'll make my stock down. My first one, sort of a <clears throat> an adjunct to yours, Lovey Smith, who had a good afternoon. I thought overall as the head coach, and as certainly as the steward of the defense. I thought the defense overall did a did a, a pretty good job for most of the afternoon, other than the first drive and other than the last drive for the Cowboys. In between, there was a lot of really good stuff going on with the Texans defense. But this is where I criticize Lovey Smith on that sequence down near the goal line where the Rex Burkhead sequence on second down on that was it second or third down that they threw to it was second down they threw second down was the pass third okay. was another loss to Burkhead Lovey Smith should have used the challenge on that play he absolutely should have used the challenge on that that pass to Chris Moore where Chris Moore he lunged he lunged and to the point where the kicking team for the Texans was coming out on the field it was that close that he got in Fox, I don't know what's the deal with Fox and CBS and replays, but these these networks do a horrible job showing replays of, of, of certain plays. They show a replay of that one from an angle that you can't really tell looking at that angle whether or not the ball was over the goal line before Moore's knee hit. But when they play it through and you see where the ball comes down in the end zone from his reach, it's really hard to think that it wasn't at least close enough for Lovey Smith to challenge that play. At that point in the game, there was four minutes and change left. You had all three of your timeouts. So losing a timeout there is not – losing a timeout there is not an issue, especially if you win the challenge, you don't lose a timeout. But if you lose a timeout, it's not a huge issue. you still got two timeouts and the two-minute warning left. You've got your challenges, so use them because you lose them at the two-minute mark. Uh, the Anything after the two-minute warning, the challenge has to come from New York, from up in the – you know, the eye in the sky – I just thought it was a really poor job by Lovey Smith not to use one there. Even if you felt like, and Lovey said it after the game, well, we just felt like we wouldn't have uh, won the challenge there. You know, we sometimes you 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 do a challenge, even if you only feel like there's a 10 or 20% chance you're going to win it, you right do point. it because the upside is you win the game right there. The game's over. That's a great point. Yeah. I blew that. Blew it. So Lovey Smith is a stock down for me as well. What about you? What's your next one, John? Uh, my next stock down, I'm trying to think. I can't take anybody off defense. Their offense is really good. You know, we'd be terrible if we left off the job that Laramie Tunsil did against Micah Parsons. Mm-hmm. They came up this game with 48 sacks. They lead the league in sacks, pressure. They didn't get a sack. That's amazing. Yeah, And Tunsil continued to play great. So mine's going to be the guy who plays next to him who doesn't play great, Kenyon Green. He gets blown up. He just is, boy, he's not the player he was first half of the season. No, I'm anxious to go back and rewatch this game. I'm I'm actually going to rewatch this game because it was a watchable game. A lot of these games I have not gone back and watched. I do want to go back and watch him snap to snap. His bad his bad snaps are really bad. That's the problem. Like his he he gets when he gets beat, he gets beat horribly and it completely completely jacks up a, a, a whole play. So I think Kenyon Green, Kenyon Green's a good one. I'm going to give you my stock down. Kyle Allen. Kyle Allen in, Kyle Allen inactive for this game. He was a starting quarterback for the Texans a week ago and he falls all the way off of the active roster list. He's one of the inactives for this team, and he has now been passed by the Drizzy Cat. 
And the Drizzy Cat is uh, not only past in terms of being on the depth chart, but past in terms of popularity as well. Jeff Driscoll has never been more popular, John, than he is right now in the city of Houston. Absolutely. He probably should never play again. <laughs> I'm really anxious to see what they do with this, John. If this was a, a cowboy only thing, or if this was a, if this is something they're going to do moving forward. I, I, you know, I, I, I said this to Clint, I said, you know what I like about watching Driscoll run is that anytime you watch a quarterback run, usually there's, there, there's a ceiling on the number of yards a run is going to get because they slide or they get out of bounds or they go down. Driscoll just lowers his shoulder and just trucks people like he's a running back. I think it's awesome. He realizes he realizes he's a disposable asset in this whole thing. He's he is having a lot of fun. People are having a lot of fun watching him, and I agree with you 100. percent All right, so that's our four stock up and four stock down on that game, um, John. As far as other games uh, around the the NFL today, there were some interesting results around the league today. Did you happen to catch any of Brock Purdy beating up on Tom Brady in the late? Oh window? yeah, Brock Purdy, Mister Irrelevant. My goodness. It's unbelievable what Kyle Shanahan's doing, what D'Amico Ryans is doing. I still love to see D'Amico be the next coach here. And Brock Purdy, well, gosh, I watched him play Baylor all of his nine years at Iowa State. It's a great, it's a great story for him and the Niners, their third quarterback. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and they're they're nine and four now. I mean, he's gonna he's gonna wind up playing in the postseason this year as a as Mr. Irrelevant. He's gonna wind up playing in the postseason. It's uh it's pretty remarkable. Um, other scores that matter to Texan fans, John, I guess I'll say, is uh, the uh, the Cleveland Browns. Deshaun Watson finally uh, engineered a touchdown drive, John. Did you see? A 23-10, yeah, think, they lose, but he did get in the end zone today. I think he, he needed 18 drives to score. And, of course, that's good for the Texans that they lost. And uh, people up in Nashville are upset. They're asking Amy Adams Strunk, who are you going to fire this week? Oh, because of John Robinson. Yeah, and they got they got smoked by Jacksonville. I'm trying to find the final Hammered. score. 36-22. 36-22, John, in a game that was not as close as the final score would, would indicate. I, I, look, they're going to win the division, but it's only because the rest of the division is so bad. Yep. Uh, but, I mean – what 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 are they doing up there? Like, what's the what's the reasoning behind firing Robinson? And do you do you expect them to make some big changes, uh, like roster wise after the season or anything? Or is this just they they? I mean, do they feel like they're still in a window where they can win a Super Bowl? I'm super confused by the Titans. Right I don't now. know about that. I do know that they think there's been a lot of bad personnel decisions made. Amy Adams Strunk did an interview with the AP on Saturday, explained she was going to make the move, so she decided to do it now. No reason to wait around. Also, might help John get some interviews quicker, but right now, they are awful. And Derrick Henry had 100 yards in the first half, and then and they still get whopped. Mm. Yeah. I think the other two the other two results, John, I wanted to bounce off you here before we get out. Um I thought it was interesting all week long. The Lions were a favorite over the Vikings. Not that they didn't deserve to be. Though I think the Lions are kind of a a a, a spunky team. Uh, you know, at five and seven coming into today, and I, I thought all along Minnesota is they're a decent team, but they're not as good as their record would indicate. And that was played out today, thirty four to twenty three. The Lions beat the Vikings. John, if you look at the back end of the the playoffs in the NFC. It's interesting. You know, the AFC to me is just so much deeper than the NFC. The NFC right now, you'll have the four division winners, Philly, Minnesota, San Francisco, and I guess Tampa Bay, although Tampa Bay 
now has they're six and seven, and they've got a couple five and eight teams nipping on their heels in the division. Another awful division. Yep. Um, Dallas is going to make the playoffs. And then you've got Seattle is seven and six after losing today. Washington is seven, five, and one. The Giants are seven, five, and one. So you got three seven win teams right there battling for two playoff spots. And yet, up on the outside, here come the Detroit Lions at six and seven. John, do you think the Lions can make the postseason? It's a great story to beat to beat uh, the Vikings today. I th- can't imagine how much confidence they have playing for Dan Campbell. Now, Seattle got beat by Carolina by six in Seattle. It amazed yep. me. And I think right now, you know, it's what you do when you get hot. And right now we're in December. We've got January. And uh, I wouldn't be surprised if the Lions didn't keep on this roll, Sean, and ended up uh, the last wildcard berth in the NFC. John, they're six and seven right now. Here are their final four games. Now, three of them are on the road. But listen to the opponents. They're at the Jets. Well, I know the Jets are a playoff team right now, but they're I mean, they're they might be down to Joe Flacco at quarterback or or, or putting Zach Wilson back in. Mike White got hurt today. They're starting quarterback. Um at Carolina, who as we just pointed out, is kind of a you know, they're they're a they're a live team. You know, they're they're a a threat. Um they play better under Steve Wilkes, but it's still not a world beater. They have Chicago at home, they'll be favored in that game. And then they're at Green Bay. And by that point, John, in week 18, Aaron Rodgers might have cashed his chips in at that point, and that might be a Jordan Love game for the Lions. So those are four very, very, very winnable games for the Detroit Lions. What a great story it would be, Sean, if the Lions made the playoffs after we watched them on Hard Knocks and Dan Campbell so emotional. I think it would be great for the NFL, great for the NFC if the Lions were to pull it off. And return to the playoffs. And that would be great, really, really great story. Great story, John. Is there anything we can learn from it as Texan fans? Like, is that the if they do that? Is that sort of like a, you know just something the Texans might have to shoot for? And in, in what do we call it next year? Is next year year three of the rebuild or year two? Like, is the, I don't think the that'll be Casario's third year, so it'd have to be re, year three. Okay, I almost count the Cully year as like year zero. It was just so uh, so weird. I know because Casario was the GM and it's his baby. Yep. I hear you. I hear you. Um, all right. And John, the other one, uh, the Texans opponent next week, the Kansas city chiefs built a huge lead in this game. They were up 27, nothing in the second quarter and had the ball against the Denver Broncos. The Broncos couldn't do anything. And all of a sudden Patrick Mahomes just starts throwing interceptions, throws an interceptions. Jerry Judy scores a touchdown, throws another interception. Jerry Judy scores a touchdown. Russell Wilson. Wow. Russell Wilson all of a sudden is getting back in this game. And they got back to within six on a 66-yard catch and run by, did you see this one, John? I did not. Marlon Mack. Marlon Mack used to play for the Texans. Good he did in the preseason. I, You know when they could have used Marlon Mack today, John? Down near the goal line with four minutes to go in the game, first and goal at the four or whatever it was. They could use him any time they got oh. Rex Burkett in the game and are tempted to give him the ball. Oh, my God. Marlon, Matt, it's, uh, John, it was like the gods were trolling us today. You know, it's, uh, it's you know, we're, Clint and I are in the middle of the postgame show of talking about just how bad that sequence was. And we look up and, and we're like, wow, who's that guy from Denver? Oh, that's Marlon Mack, Marlon Mack. A guy that was on the Texans this year. Oh, just disgusting. But at any rate, the Chiefs wind up winning that game by six, 34 to 28. Uh, they come to town next week. John, I'm worried about this game. I mean, obviously worried because the Texans are no good and the Chiefs are one of the best teams in football. This feels like one of those situations where 
the Texans really kind of emptied the emotional chamber to try to win this Dallas game. And I just, I don't know. This feels like a 40 point win for the chiefs to me coming up this week. Now that's what I said about the Cowboy game. And I'll say it again about the chiefs, but it wouldn't surprise me if they get blown out because that's what they do except for today, which was a terrific effort by the Texans when they were 17 point underdogs. Yeah. You know, who's bummed out about the result today? Mattress Mac. He picked, you know, I do that segment with him every week where he makes picks. Yeah. Uh, he picked the Texans straight up to win. Can you imagine if they had held on to win that game? My all the pub matches Mac would have gotten. Wow. Yeah. I don't know if he put any money on it or anything like that, but he's. Yeah, he, I'm sure he never puts any money on it. No, no, no. He's uh, he just does it for recreational purposes only. Yeah. <laughs> Hashtag seventy five million dollars. All right. Um, John, what do you got going on? I just I heard you talk. I was talking to you before the podcast started. You just got your report card done. Yeah, report card. Uh, Brandon Scott should be posting that. And in the morning, I'll have a column on this game, quarterback situation, and this one, and going ahead on gallerysports.com. All right, there John, you go. thank you very much. John, good stuff as always. And uh, I will talk to you um, for our mailbag episode a little later on this week. If you want to email the, the program and, and uh, send in some questions to us, H-O-U mailbag at gmail.com, H-O-U mailbag at gmail.com. Subscribe, download, share it with a friend, give us a review, all that stuff, all the stuff that gets the interaction going. We appreciate everybody who's hung with us through this just horrific abomination of a Texan season, 111-1. But draft season will be here soon. We're very excited about that. So (laughs) for, uh, for Figgy Fig, who gets this podcast to all of you each and every week, And for uh, the Hall of Famer, John McClain, I am Sean Pendergast. We are out of time. We will see all of you later this week for a mailbag edition of the Utopia Football Podcast. And after that, the next day, on Thursday, getting you ready for the Chiefs coming to town against the Texans. We appreciate everybody tuning in. Have a great day, everybody.